So Gene is from India. Frank is from Netherlands. And Levi and Shannon are from the USA. There's a, a <laughs> we've had a great weekend already in the Holy Spirit. There's, it's been a building, anointing, and blessing. Great healing seminar yesterday. There's 65 people or so that came out to get more equipped for releasing healing to people in their lives. Lots of healings happened. People with floaters in their eyes going across. You know, I can't wait to go swimming again because that's the only time I ever get the floaters. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to see him. I think I got touched by that. That touched me too. David, is there something you wanted to? Okay. I love the international flavor of revival. I love the international dimension to it. I, there's something about that in God that's just beautiful. And I love Levi and, and, and uh, Shanna Hug. And who they are in God, they have a powerful present and a powerful future. And we're partaking of the grace of God through the gift that they are to the church at large. Levi's traveled extensively globally, and he uh, is an incredibly gifted communicator in the word with a prophetic nuance to his teaching that applies, applies it profoundly and very potently to our present journey, our present walk as individuals and as a church family. The team is just like, I think this team is just A plus and extra credit. I mean, it's just like they're off the charts in terms of who they are in God. And I can't wait to be quiet and have them minister. So give them a warm welcome as Levi comes and does what he wants to do in God today. You say hallelujah. 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 That's how they say it in Africa. Hallelujah. <laughs> Can we do an African hallelujah? Hallelujah. <laughs> There's a, um, I have a friend in Africa. The louder it is, the more anointed. That's like what, what, how it works for him. Yeah, they blow out all their speakers. I'm like, <laughs> uh, it's fun sometimes you just got to get loud though right the bible talks about getting loud right so it's okay it's in the bible sometimes you got to get loud let's give the lord a loud hallelujah can we give the lord a loud hallelujah come on hallelujah yeah thank you jesus well uh i'm so so blessed to be back with you guys who was with us yesterday afternoon for the healing seminar? Quite a few of you guys. Good to see you back. And who was here last night? All right. Who was here both yesterday afternoon and last night? All right. We got some triple dippers, some double dippers. <laughs> so good. Anybody, get he anybody here that got healed yesterday afternoon? Somebody in the Mitchell? What was it that you got again? It was your, your eyes, praise God, and your elbow, right? Yeah, and, and, and then you got, what did you get? Eyes and back. Tear ducts were opening up. 
Praise God. And then there was, I think, three or four people with floaters that were clearing up. Praise God. So if you have issues with floaters, just just raise your hand. If you're here and you didn't get to join us and you got issues with floaters, eye issues, we just release that testimony. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Uh, do it again, Jesus. Just say, do it again, Lord. <laughs> Amen. Uh, so I'm going to share a little bit of what I shared last night and uh, probably a little bit of a different angle on that. But before that, before I do that, I want to introduce you guys to my wife, Mrs. Hug. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to actually have her come up here and she's going to share a little bit, whatever is on her heart. I don't know what she's going to do. Just turn your neighbor and say, brace yourself. Good morning, everyone. It is such an honor to be here, and I've been having a great time. I love this house. It's my first time here, but I love this house. It is so beautiful, and um, oh, thank you. (laughs) So I was wondering, Levi had asked me if I wanted to come up and share anything, and I'm uh, I like to have a little bit of notice, you know, like give me like 24 hours notice so I can like mentally prepare. Like I need to be on stage. I need to say something. What am I going to say? And he asked me like 10 minutes before walking in the, in the building. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to say something. I want to, what am I going to say? And I had nothing. And so, um, I was, I actually left the room during worship and did the most unspiritual thing. I went to the restroom. And um, I heard the, uh, I heard you guys singing in here the, uh, what is that song called? God of the City. Um, and heard the, I, I guess it's the verse. I don't, I'm not really musically inclined. So uh, I guess it's the verse when they say, um, greater things are still to come. Greater things are still to be done in the city. And I, I immediately heard the Lord say, you know, they really believe it. Like they really do believe it, that there's greater things that are still to come. And greater things that are still to be done in the city. And I feel like God um, is really ramping up evangelism in this church. It, 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 I had a similar word for multiple people yesterday of um, going out, sharing the gospel. Um, Pastor Dan was, was one of them. I was sharing a little bit with him about that, which I know he goes out every week and faithfully shares. But I just felt like there is going to be a ramping up of, of evangelism. Um, and people who are uh, being equipped to go out and share the gospel. Um, Because you guys really do believe that greater things are still to come in this city and that there's salvation to come to this city. And um, when I heard that in the the restroom, you know, the the most unspiritual place, and I heard that, and immediately I saw, um, it was like from a, have you guys seen the movie Dunkirk? I don't know if anybody has. It's okay. but Or have heard of the, the Battle of Dunkirk. That was a, a real historical event that happened. And uh, basically it was like, uh, you know, there's a battle overseas in, in France, and they were, you know, really getting, you know, hammered, I guess, so to, so to speak. Like, it was a bad situation. They're like, we need to get out of here. And they, it, it seemed like a hopeless situation. But then, like... It was like an act of God where, you know, civilian boats came and they picked up all the troops because the military boats couldn't get in and they rescued uh, so, ma- so many um, 
French and uh, English or British troops off of the coast from, you know, the, the Germans or whatever. And so anyway, I saw that image, and it was like all the civilian boats that came. It was almost like angels blowing on the sails. And I felt like... Um, like I'm praying, you know, believing that God will send more evangelists into the city, but I really feel like he's going to raise up evangelists. And it was like the angels coming in. I feel like you guys are going to experience a lot of creative miracles because I know that this is like a, there's a lot of witchcraft in this area. Um, so it can be, you know, a little bit challenging out there, but I felt like there was going to be a lot of creative miracles that will um, lead you know, help lead people to the Lord because it's the power of God. You know, they're going to see the power of God. So I just really sense that for this region, for this house, um, and for each of you as you go out and share the gospel. So that's what I was sensing this morning. And that's what I got. So good. So good. This is, by the way, this is our first time ministering together as a married couple. We got married on May 27th. So is really a treat, um, and yeah, uh, thank you, sweetie, yeah, can you give it up for Shanna, thank you, uh, praise God, and as Pastor Dan said, we also have Gene Varghese here, just wave Gene from India, and Frank from the Netherlands, uh, we, brought, we brought the best of the best, so um, so good. Uh, well, I'm going to share a little bit of, well, I'm, I think I'll start with a couple words. During worship, I kept just uh, looking at the worship team, and uh, I feel like God was just giving me a word. Uh, and I, he was highlighting, actually, the color orange. And I think like half the worship team had something orange on this morning. I don't know if you guys noticed that. But uh, if you're wearing orange... Could you just stand up right now? Uh, if you have like an article of clothing, I feel like even maybe somebody, like you felt like the Lord maybe even told you to wear that this morning. I don't know. Um, but yeah, people are finding orange somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just felt like there was. There was a grace on this house, really, but also but specifically these people that are wearing orange. I feel like there's some of you that God is um, giving a gift of gathering. Like there's a gathering gift on your life to prepare for winter. Um, and uh, I'm not like a doomsday type person, but also I think it's important that um, I, you know, I studied economics <coughs> in college and kind of like, I have like a hobby, I'm kind of a hobby investor, which is kind of dangerous, <laughs> but I, I, I do some investing uh, on the side and, and just read um, a fair amount about the economy and just what's happening economically, and um, I talked last night, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to talk again a little bit about this special season that we're in, which I think you could, maybe some could even uh, interpret as uh, a season of the ends of the ages, <coughs> of a transition period of I don't know how long, but there's a there's a there's a culmination of just uh, uh, a, the the fading away of an age and the dawn of a new age. You could maybe even say, 
that I think we might be in the middle of. Um, and I feel like uh, there's something happening economically that uh, some the Lord might call to uh, really seek him about how to to not not re- react to by fear, but to respond to by faith. Because actually, the times of greatest crisis are actually the times of greatest opportunity for those who have faith. Uh, in, in the United States, during the Great Depression, when everybody, many were even... Uh, you can continue standing if you if you have the strength to do that. I just I'm not done yet. Sorry. <laughs> but if you're tired, that's okay. Uh, I know this is kind of drawn out. Uh, but during the Great Depression, some were actually committing suicide from the despair of the loss economically. But those who had eyes to see, and maybe you could call it even faith they actually uh, capitalized on the opportunity that was right in front of them. And there was actually more millionaires created in our country during that period of time than uh, per capita than any, any period of time that we've lived through. The time of the greatest economic disaster. When many were panicking in fear, um, those who had eyes to see were uh, and who were well-positioned and I felt like, uh, I don't know, I just felt like those wearing orange, obviously pray about this, but I felt like there was an anointing that God was releasing, and I feel like it's on this house, to to prepare the barns. Um, you know, it's interesting because God says, don't, you know, look at the, you know, he says, look at the birds of the air. They don't, you know gather into barns but God takes care of them so there's an emphasis on like not worrying it's not a it's not out of fear or worry but it's out of faith to actually be a resource and to be a blessing it's the blessing of Abraham to all nations and I just felt God emphasizing the orange today that uh, there's something on your guys's life and if you're sitting here and this is just resonating with you you can take it as well but to to fill the barns, to fill the barns. And uh, so I bless you with that in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Uh, I was just going to, I mentioned that scripture where he says, you know, the, look at the, to the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. They don't gather into barns, but God provides. So there's, there's these sides of the coin, I guess you could call them, right? We don't want to live... Uh, reactive and in fear, but there's also wisdom. You know, when, you know it's funny, Jesus, he, he, he gives the disciples opposite instructions during different times. We needed the discernment to know which season we're in because in one season he tells them when he goes, sends them out, he says, leave your sword, leave your money bag, and just go, you know, two by, when he's sending them out by two by two, right? And he's like, just go, and I'm going to take care of all the details. But then there's another time where he says, Grab your sword, grab your money bag, and it's like, wait a minute, I thought you said leave, the, no, in this season, you're going to need your sword, you're going to need your money bag. Isn't that interesting? So, we, we, it's not a formula, it's a relationship. So, for some of us, he's calling us to uh, do different things in different seasons, 
and we need the wisdom and discernment to know what season we're in. Amen? And uh, the beauty of the body of Christ is sometimes he's emphasizing one thing for one person and another thing for another person. <laughs> and that's okay, right? Uh, that's all right. So, praise God. So I'm going to share um, a word from, gosh, 2020. This is from March of 2020. Remember that crazy time we lived through? Um, and I'm going to share this because I think it's relevant for now, and I shared a little bit of this last night. But in, in March of 2020, uh, I was coming out of a difficult season in my personal life and um, and really pulled back from ministering a lot, and I just was, this was before the pandemic, right before the pandemic, and I, um, but I was starting to recover from this challenging situation I had gone through over the past year before that, and I was uh, just kind of getting my head above the water, and Gene, who's here today, love Gene, uh, he, uh, he came and lived with me for a couple months, and he just cooked curry for me, like, almost every day. And uh, he kind of took care of me, to be honest. I was, in a, I was a kind of uh, in pretty rough shape. And uh, at the beginning of March, we uh, had planned this trip. We decided we're going to go to Asia. And we would planned, like, all of March and most of April, we're going to tour all over India and started in Malaysia, planned this big trip. And on the way to leave for this trip, I was at the um, San Francisco. I was on my way to the San Francisco airport. I was in San Francisco, and I got an Uber from my car. And my Uber driver showed up. And on my phone, the notification for Uber pops up. And uh, anybody use it, ever use Uber? <laughs> and it says, Jesus is coming soon. He's arriving in three minutes or something. You know, it was like... And I was like, oh, my, my Uber driver's name's Jesus. I was like, that's so cool. I've, and so I screenshotted it. I thought that was so neat. Like, it said, Jesus is coming soon. And so uh, Jesus took us to the airport, dropped us off. We fly to Malaysia. And we were at this uh, really a powerful conference in Penang, Malaysia. And uh, it was right before the pandemic really kind of went global but in that part of the world, they were already starting to shut things down because was, there was a lot of panic in the air already. And they barely actually were able to pull that event off, but they, they did it. And then at the very end of the event, my phone went off again. This time it was my Airbnb app. So I, use, I, I have an Airbnb in Reading that I rent out. And uh, on my Airbnb notification, it pops up and it says, Jesus is coming soon. He's arriving to your house in eight days or something. You know, I had a Jesus book my Airbnb. And I thought, you ever have those moments where you're like, okay, God's saying something right now. Like, <laughs> and I felt like in that moment, I felt, I felt like the Lord said, day of visitation. Day of visitation. And it's actually, I didn't share this last night, but... It was so funny because I literally had a guy named Jesus come to my Airbnb and stay. And he stayed for about a week. And uh, 
the world shut down. You all remember that, right? We actually had to cut our trip short because everything was shutting down. They were shutting down. Like literally in India, it was a disaster because they just one day shut all the trains down. So there was like refugee camps like at train stations. I mean, it it was a humanitarian disaster. I mean, people, like so many people died because they were stranded at train stations. Anyhow, that's a whole other story. It was so sad. But um, they started just shutting things down. So we, we left on March 24th from India, came home. And uh, I had this guy named Jesus staying in my Airbnb. <clears throat> and uh, the world, of course, started shutting down. And so all of these Airbnb bookings that I had started canceling because they're like, you know, we can't travel because of this pandemic. So I had all these cancellations. But Jesus kept coming back. And he filled, he, I think he filled like almost all my vacancies. It was a trip. And in fact, I just gave Jesus my number. I said, you know, I trust you now. You've stayed here a couple times. If you want to come back, just we could just do a cash arrangement. And he's like, all right. And I said, just call me up. So I, I would literally have people cancel my booking. And then like 10 minutes later, like, Jesus is calling. He'd be like, hey, I was wondering, do you got, can I stay at your place, like, next week, you know, like, and it would be, like, the perfect days that I needed. I'm like, that's perfect. And so, and he was paying cash. cash. So, my word for you is Jesus is coming soon, and he's paying cash. He's paying cash. (laughs) And literally, Jesus Stayed at my house and paid cash and filled like, I had like hardly any vacancy because Jesus was filling it up. And I'm like, I don't even know what he's doing there. I'm like, what is this guy like doing in Reading? Like, you know, like there's nothing, everything was shut down. It was so bizarre. And uh, anyhow, so I've been meditating on this, this word visitation, the day of visitation. What is, what does that mean? I felt like God just, that just hit me in that moment. And he literally visited my house. It was so cool. It was like this literal fulfillment of the word. Jesus is my, at my house. <laughs> and, and two, just the, the interesting dynamic there with Uber and Airbnb, which kind of comes back to what I was just saying. But Uber and Airbnb were two ideas that changed the world. By the way, there's somebody in this room, I believe, that God wants to give an idea that will change the world. One idea can change the world. But Uber and Airbnb were two ideas that changed the world. They they came, actually, did you know that Uber and Airbnb were two companies that were developed during the last major economic crisis we went through? When everybody was getting out of real estate, when everybody was panicking, somebody had an idea and created the biggest real estate company on the planet. And it was just a small group of people, and they just did it through an app. Isn't that wild? It's during a time of when everybody was, you know, hoarding and getting out and not investing, somebody had an idea, and they, in, they invested in that idea, and it changed the whole world. And it actually became a prototype-type ideas. Those two ideas became like prototype ideas that literally have changed the entire 
world and, and, and especially in business. You know, you know what I mean? Like you, we have all these apps now for delivery services and all these different things that have came out of these ideas. Like, wow, we could, it's a different way of thinking. And, uh, and I believe that there's going to be ideas. You know, I obviously, I don't have a crystal ball or something, what, what the economy is going to do. But we're in a, a precarious situation uh, economically, I really think. Um, and, but praise God. We're people of faith. We don't have to cower in fear. We, we can believe that, uh, who is it, Isaac, who, who sowed in famine, and he had a hundredfold. Is it Isaac? It was one of those guys, <laughs> one of the patriarchs. Uh, it was either Jacob or Isaac. I think it was Isaac. He, ho- he sowed, and he had a hundredfold return during famine, right? And I believe that this is a room full of the people that are the descendants of Abraham, faith-filled believers, amen? And so, uh, praise God. So the day of visitation, I I believe that we are actually in a day of visitation right now. Right now. I believe that we are living in a day of visitation. I shared last night a little bit about the way we could think about a day and a period of time, because the Bible says, you know, a day to the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day, and we need to understand that so much of Scripture is, um, there's there's so much, the, the our Western minds, they didn't think like we think back in the day, back in Jewish culture, they thought differently, and they were very actually aware of even the stars, um, and I know it uh, people can avoid this because of some of the weird stuff that's developed with astrology, and it can get very weird. But there's actually a godly way of looking at the stars. And the wise men, they, they knew about the stars. They do things by the stars. And, and the Jewish uh, people, actually, they would tell time, in a way, by the stars. They would actually tell uh, what age they were in. Now, that's, uh, that's how it's translated in the Bible, the word age. You've heard that, you know, we talk about the end of the age. Or uh, in, in 1 Corinthians, there's this interesting scripture that I'll just read here, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And this is Paul talking about this, the period of time he was living in. Chapter 10, verse 11. Um. You can read the whole uh, verse, you know, the the part there for context on your own. But he's saying about he's talking about the season that he's living in. He says, "Now these things happened to them as an example, and they are written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come." Now I'm reading out of the New American Standard. Excuse me, and. in the original language, uh, some of your translation might uh, might interpret that a little bit differently. But in the original translation, that word "end" ends is plural. It's ends of the ages, and they're both plural. The ends of the ages, and <clears throat> what I actually think, and uh, uh, I've heard people teach on this, is that actually there was an actual end. You could think of it as two bookends, 
of two ages because uh you know when you when you when you actually uh have a new day there's a transition period where it's not quite day and it's not quite night right it's like the dawn right the the sun's coming up but it's not quite fully day and it's not quite night there's a period where it's in between and uh so you could think of like an age it's it's like it's just a really long period of time. We don't really know how long that period of time is. But uh, there's a period where you're actually living between two ends of two ages. And so the Apostle Paul, he was alive during a very special period of history because Jesus Christ came, he died, and he was resurrected. He came back from the dead, and he ended, and that was like the end of an age. It, you know, uh, the temple sacrifice system, it was obsolete in that moment. It was obsolete. But it didn't just disappear overnight. Because, you know, the, after Jesus rose from the dead, they were still making sacrifices in the temple. You guys know that? It was still happening. And there was this, there was this period, and, and the Apostle Paul says in other places that this age is fading away. It was like, it was fading away, that old system. And then uh, some would uh, say that even in 70 AD, when the temple was destroyed, that that was like the complete end. It was like that age is completely over now. And, and now we're living fully in this new age. So does that make sense how you could think about it that way? It's like, uh, so I don't know. I just wonder if we're in that kind of period now. Just wonder. I mean, look at just what's happening historically the last few years. Uh, I mean, when I'm talking like the last 50 years, the last 100 years, the acceleration in science and it's a wild time. It's like if you look at the last hundred years compared to the last two thousand years, it's like, wow, there is a lot of what's the word for it? it accumulated momentum that's building. It feels like. Did anybody guys notice that? It's like we're living in a very special time, and uh, ultimately, this is leading to the return of the resurrected king. He's coming on a horse, and he is our redeemer. And he's coming back for a glorious bride. It's, it's, it's culminating to the return of the king. Right? He's coming to rule and reign, and... Uh, it's wonderful. I, I'm not saying that that's what this age is. I don't know what that means, but I feel like we're in a, a season there. And I feel like, I think there's probably different times throughout history, even though over the last 2,000 years, that there's been types of transitions that are super significant, like this maybe. Maybe this is, you know, maybe, maybe Jesus is returning tomorrow. We don't know. Right? Well, I think we should live ready. But... There's these periods of time, I think, that you could say there's something sovereign that happens. When, when God, I don't know what that looks like, but where he draws near to the earth in a way. There's like a day of visitation where he comes in a sovereign way 
and it changes everything. Obviously, the literal birth of Christ is like the ultimate example of that. But there's different times throughout history where we see these massive shifts. And either way, whatever it looks like, it's going to be glorious. And um, thank you, Lord, for the, for the visitation this time. And I, I shared last night, I'm going to read this again. This is uh, from Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, 41. This is Jesus. It says, when he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. By the way, this is there was a literal fulfillment of this in 70 AD when the Romans surrounded Jerusalem and they hemmed them in on every side. And... Uh, and then it sa- he says, and they will level you to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. And this, there was a literal fulfillment of this um, actually recorded in history that when the Romans <coughs> uh, took Jerusalem, there was a massive fire, and all the gold in the temple melted, and it leaked down through the cracks in the rocks. And so the Romans, when they came in, they literally tore the rocks apart. There was, no, you know, it says there was there would be no stone unturned. They literally ripped the rocks apart to get the gold out of the ground. And so this prophecy, there was a literal fulfillment of that. Isn't that wild? But why did this happen? It says, because you did not recognize the time of your revisitation. So I don't know what is going to happen in the future, but I just want to be prepared for the visitation. Because <laughs> I believe that we're in a day of visitation. Now, um, coming back to this concept of a day, this is another important detail. Biblically, a day begins at night. We read the account of creation in Genesis, you'll find that the day starts in the night. Um, this is important for a number of reasons. Actually, it'll change the way you live when you actually live with a biblical understanding of how God created the world. Because in, in Western society, we start our day in the morning. We, re- we go to sleep to recover from the day in, in often. That's the way we think about it. Does that make sense? You go to sleep to recover from the day, but actually there's a, it's a more offensive posture, like we're supposed to live on the offense, that we actually rest to begin the day to prepare for the day. So that's, that's a whole other message. But I do believe that, uh, I, th- I think we're actually, you could say, 
on a on a global scale, I think we're living in the we're 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 actually in the night of the day of visitation right now. This is my opinion that we're actually in a the night of the visitation, the day of visitation, and actually uh, during uh, an actual day, it actually gets darkest right before the dawn. Isn't that right? And and the temperature gets lowest, right? Right before the dawn. I believe that we're going to see the dawn break in this day of visitation. That there was going to be a sovereign move of God. And it's we're going to see that. I, I believe in our in this day that we're living in. That's what I'm believing for. I don't know about you. I, I, I don't know. Who thinks that would be fun? Just have a... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I believe, uh, here's the cool thing is you don't have to wait for the, 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 the dawn to break where it's to the point where everybody can see it. You can have the dawn now. You know, in the book of Psalms, it says, awaken the dawn. So that's the beauty of uh, what God's given us through the gift of faith is we don't have to live in a state of waiting as the world defines waiting. We can live, we can experience heaven now through Jesus Christ. We don't have to wait to die to go to heaven. A lot of Christians are waiting to die to go to heaven, which there's a beautiful truth here in attention. I I get it. Heaven's going to be awesome, amen? Wow, it's going to be glorious. But if, if uh, yeah, if that's, 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 there's more. There's a greater, we can actually step into it now by faith. And so I just want to emphasize that, that we don't have to wait by the world's definition of waiting. Like we can, we can wait with a um, leaning in and actually taking steps of faith, moving forward by faith. I love uh, just what God's doing in this church. I love that there hasn't been like a slowdown, a pullback, even after the pandemic and some of the challenges that have happened the last few years, that you're moving forward, glory to glory. You're believing for that. And I see it. I see the strength in this church. I see it in this body. There's so many faithful people here and I want to just encourage you that no matter your, I know many of you have had very challenging circumstances yeah right <laughs> the last few years maybe especially um, but that doesn't mean that we have to slow down that doesn't mean we have to pull back we live by faith but there's a there's a t- there's a breaking I think in where it's going to be more obvious where it's not going to require faith even to see it. Where people are just going to start coming to Jesus by the thousands. I believe that. That, um, you know, Paul Cain's vision that he saw over a hundred times of stadiums across the United States full of people. Full of people and a news media that could talk about nothing else but what God was doing. He had that, that vision, I believe, over a hundred times of stadiums 
clear across the United States, full of people. And, and they were fasting, not because they were hungry for more, but they didn't want to leave in case they would miss something. So they weren't eating. That's a, that would be a fun meeting. <laughs> you know God's moving when people are like, they forget to eat. That would be a revival for me, especially. <laughs> uh, praise God. I have a couple words I'm going to release here. Um, last night I was looking for somebody, and I, maybe they're here today. I think somebody said there was somebody that's either from Canada or or maybe born in Canada. Is Is that person here? Maybe there's a few of you. Got any Canadians, eh? Are you f- are you from Canada? French Canadian. Quebec. Okay. Do you mind standing up? What's your name? Linda. And was uh, was there any other Canadians here? Just to make sure. Yeah. Oh. What? Oh, okay. What? What part of Canada are they from? Montreal. Okay. Well, I'm going to release this word. And uh, what's your friend's name? Nikki. Um, Linda and Nikki. Um, I just released this word over you, and, and the word I had for you is from Psalm 66, verse 12. <clears throat> it says this, You have made men right over our heads. We went through fire and through water. And I know Canada is on fire right now. There's a big, I, I know at least on the West Coast, it's really bad. We just bless Canada, Father. Mercy. But you, uh, we went through fire and through water, yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. Did you recently have a flood in your house, Linda? No? Okay. Did you have any kind of flood happen? No? Okay. Well, I hope you don't have a flood. <laughs> uh, but I just feel to bless you, Linda and Nikki, with this word, and... I shared about last night about the crab or, or the lobster. The lobster actually, uh, when a lobster grows, it'll actually get too small for its shell and it starts to experience discomfort and they'll crawl under a rock and shed their shell and grow a bigger one. And I just want to release over you, Linda, if you're feeling a sense of discomfort I believe that God, it's, it's actually a good thing, God, because you're growing. And God wants to take your shell off and give you a bigger shell. He wants to bring you out of this place. Uh, there's, a, there's like even trial and fire and testing. He's bringing you out of it into a bigger place of abundance. And he's going to give you a bigger shell. And it just requires some courage and faith. So I release courage and faith to you to dream again and to start again, 
to think, uh, and, and it's like learning some new things. He's given you grace to learn new things. For Nikki as well, just grace to learn new things and to take a risk. So I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I also want to release this word uh, from Psalm 37. Is there any, I know there was somebody here last night that's in the real estate business. Is there anybody else that's in the real estate business? Or you have rental properties, or it's just something you feel like God's put on your heart? Just, can you put your hand up if that's you? Yeah. And you can stand up. Yeah, just stand up. Um, I just want to release this word from Psalm 37. You can take this if you're not in the real estate business, but I want our real estate people especially, I want to bless this because this is your profession. I want to bless this, but uh, this is actually for all of us, and it's from Psalm 37. There's four places in Psalm 37 that God promises to give us land. Uh, verse 9, verse 11, verse 29, verse 34, and I'm going to read them. Uh, uh, verse 9, it says, Those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Verse 11, it says, The humble will inherit the land. Just say, that's me. <laughs> By God's grace. <laughs> uh, it says, The righteous will inherit the land. Thank God for our righteousness in Christ. Uh, it says, wait for the Lord. This is verse 34, the last one. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. And I just release over this church a grace for land, property. I, I believe that this is something God is doing all over the earth, that he's giving his people land. I, I release... Uh, buildings, apartment complexes, vacant fields, lots, farms, ranches, in Jesus' name, debt-free in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the inheritance of land, for the righteous, for the humble. I thank you for the, all the humble servants in this place, God, that you want to fulfill this promise in this day, in this time. In Jesus' name, I release land. Just say, I'll take it, Lord. Amen. Properties with Artesian wells. Okay, I didn't think of that one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, we'll add that in there. Properties with Artesian wells. Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. I shared this uh, last night, but I have a friend. In Co uh, he went to Costa Rica, and it's a long story, but he met with a businessman in Costa Rica, and he got a specific word for this man where he literally pointed on a map of Costa Rica and he said, he, it was like the whole coastline. He said, the Lord gave a word of knowledge. He said, you recently purchased this property and it was like a major part of the coastline of Costa Rica. And he said, in this amount of time, I mean, he gave him the specifics of like, this amount of time, there's going to be an opportunity, God says, to sell it. It was like so specific. This businessman made hundreds of millions of dollars in profit because of this one prophetic word. And uh, like literally a lot. It was like unheard of uh, um, 
profit that he made in his investment over just a few short years. And this man told him, he said, anytime you want to come to Costa Rica, I'll rent out this soccer stadium for you. And so he's planning to go back and do a huge event. This guy's going to pay for the whole thing. Isn't that cool? Because just one word of knowledge. uh, Yeah, so that's pretty neat. I mean, you know, everything can change so quickly. You know, we got to remember that. Um, Obviously, we're living for an eternal reward. But I love the life of Joseph. His life was just seemed like it was going, it was going in the opposite direction of his promises. But he was faithful. He was faithful. He was faithful. It was like he was faithful in the night when nobody could see. No, when he was in the dungeon even, and he just kept being faithful. I'm sure he probably had doubts. He probably that was probably really hard. But in one day, he went from being in the dungeon to ruling a nation. And so I just want to emphasize, this is a season of preparation. Some of you guys are God, I feel, uh, is going to lead you to study new things that he's putting in your heart. It's not an accident. He's putting things in your heart, uh, things that you're interested in. He's stirring things. Maybe there's some online classes or or things that he's going to lead you to do to learn some new things. I feel like there's a preparation grace and, and especially if you feel hidden, there's, there's, a, there's an opportunity in this hiddenness. So I just want to release that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. How are you guys doing? Thank you, Lord. Hey, Frank, do you want to come up here for a minute? <laughs> I just feel like Frank's got something. I don't know what it's going to be, but... Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's like without preparation. That's interesting. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I just love that word. I really believe that, you know, it's the heart of God to prepare us. And I just feel that, you know, um, God is building his body on earth. And. I really believe that even though it's like a, a community thing, like, you know, something corporate, that it all starts with the individual journey. And I really feel that um, God is breaking down walls uh, from our hearts and that he's like um, bringing restoration to our souls. And that's really something that, you know, he's, I just feel a real invitation for every single one of us to surrender ourselves to a new level to God so the Holy Spirit can just, you know, not only renew and trans- transform us so we become the people who God has created us to be, but that we can also um, just start spreading the light. And I really feel that God is closing the gap between um, his promises that are all in the word, but that, it, that he wants it to become a practical reality in our lives. And that will happen through that journey, you know, where we surrender more and more so the Spirit can really fill us up and overflow so the world will recognize us, so we will, we will be the light, you know. So I think it's like um, it's, he's calling us into action. You know, I believe that he's put it on every single one of our hearts 
you know, to have these desires, but he is ready, you know, to fulfill every single one of our desires of our heart. So I feel that that's connected to that time that you were talking about, like the new age that is coming, that he's raising up his body, he's raising up an army, but it does require something from us, you know, the transformation and the way he wants to, you know, raise us up, it costs us something. So I also feel an invitation for people that are still holding on to things, you know, that God is inviting us to release it to him, to really fully surrender it to him so he can use every single bit of it. So that's something that I just want to bless you with. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to uh, hand this over to Pastor Dan. We're going to move into prophetic ministry. Um, for some reason, I... Looks confused about the time. I saw. I I, I forgot it was twelve. <laughs> I was supposed to hand it over at twelve. I thought I had like I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> but uh, love you guys so much. We're gonna prophesy now. I'll let Dan lead that. So. Let's stand up for a moment. Will you put your hand on your heart for a moment and receive this by faith? Day of visitation, we're ready, Jesus. We know that in a changing world, we don't anticipate, we can't anticipate all the changes. We know prophetically what certain trends will be, and we can see it without even prophetic what certain trends are. We thank you that you are our anchor, anchor for the soul, and that Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're our enough. You're our bread. You're our way, our path. You're everything. You're our money. You are our money. You're our hope. You're our marriage. Everything we want in this life, Jesus, we get it in and through you. We find you irresistibly attractive, Jesus. We thank you. You put that in our hearts and you reveal yourself to us. Thank you for these words and these uh, this, this good sound teaching from your word, Lord, about your visitation. Hallelujah. We allow it to transform us and not return to you void. We welcome your word to change our hearts, our minds, not just in this moment, but as we move from this place to today. You've highlighted different things for each person, and we, we take a hold of those and say amen and amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Especially want to thank you, Jesus, for the declaration of confidence moving forward. Thank you that you've helped us, that word about we've had confidence through the pandemic as a church family and moving forward we move forward with confidence because you are our confidence jesus amen and amen thank you god amen so um here's what's happening now you are beautiful saints that's what's happening so we're officially going to be dismissed for everybody that needs to go home 
and just go with joy and peace and expectation that the visitation is yours. Heaven is yours to walk in now as well as in the future. We are going to have a, a time of prophetic ministry now. We're going to get it set up and we're just going to let you visit for a few moments and and we're going to gather everybody back here together in about five minutes that wants to receive a personal prophetic word like we typically do the first Sundays of Sunday of every month. But I wonder if we can, if we can just in this very moment own the blessing of this weekend. I'm going to count to three and this, just to have you say, praise the Lord. A shout of praise to the Lord. All pseudo-dignity, broken down. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And just say together, praise the Lord. Give them a, a shout and a clap. Should we do that? Yeah. Ready? For the word that was received, that we, we received this weekend. Ready? One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah, 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 Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. God loves you. We love you. Have a great week.